This is the Elijah Har Show with former Speaker of the House Elijah Har on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Welcome back to KWTO. The debt and the, uh, the, the country's debt, the national debt and Congress shutdown should be dominating headlines. Unfortunately, things like Dave Portnoy and Bob Menendez seem much more popular right now. But joining us now on the show, Ingrid Jacques from USA Today. Ingrid, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Elijah. Ingrid, as we do every day, we start off with a question of the day. Question of the day every day. Different for every um, um, each day and for each guest. Question of the day today. <laughs> if you had to set up a first date, how would you set it up? Welcome for back. Me or, for, <laughs> or, for, or, for, or for someone else. Uh, it's for you. It's for you. Let's say hypothetically you're single, you're setting up your first date, you're going to go out with somebody, and they're like, oh, just tell me where to meet you and what we're doing, and you set it up. <laughs> uh, if it were up to me, I would arrange a, a hike of some sort. I'm, I'm big into outdoor activities. So Perfect. I would want someone who likes to do that. And, and you know, I, I hate, and nobody will say this, and they shouldn't say this, I hate when people say movies. I'm like, that is that you can't talk to somebody. You can't get to know somebody. It's a terrible first date. Okay, Ingrid, let's get down to brass tacks. You've got a column okay. in the USA Today about the debt, about the shutdown. Walk us through what's going on and why we should care about it so much. Well, um, I mean, like you said in, in your intro, it, it, the, the debt is not sexy. It's not something that's getting a lot of headlines when there's all these other, quote, juicier stories out there. But I, I honestly think it's probably the most important uh, story out there right now. Uh, we just hit $33 trillion, uh, with in, for our gross national debt, an all-time record. And just in the last year, less than a year, it's gone up by an additional $2 trillion. So <laughs> the pace at which the debt's growing is just astronomical. And I feel like it's not even really coming up in these uh, shutdown discussions in, in Congress. Much more petty things are procedural things, um, you know, opportunities to try for different factions to get power. Like that's that's what's motivating a lot of these folks, I think, when really this should be a bipartisan effort to, to really look at the debt and how to address it. Uh, give us give us, you know, Kevin McCarthy sends everybody home. I can't. I don't know anybody that has any any belief that they're going to get a, a, a some sort of a deal done next week. We look like we're staring a shutdown in the face. Is that a good thing because our debt is so high? If it were being, if it were a shutdown over the right things, maybe. And if Republicans had enough leverage. Uh, to really negotiate with Democrats, but there's there's very little they can do at this point. So uh, McCarthy already negotiated some spending cuts in the spring with Biden. That was the whole debt ceiling showdown. Um, and you know, at that time, they agreed to some to some budget negotiating, so that it leaves even less room now. But um, so I, I think just all the infighting among among Republicans themselves when they hold such a, a narrow majority in the House, I think it just makes Republicans look weak and it doesn't do much to forward this issue. Because I, I do think if there is a shutdown and it 
goes on for some time, it's Republicans who are going to be blamed. And, you know, that might backfire next year and we, you know, we might lose total control of the House. And then there's really no hope of addressing this debt situation. What do you think? You could wave a magic wand. You could you could fix everything within the caucus. You, you know, you, you're, you're, you let's say for a day you're Kevin McCarthy. What's the path forward on this? Do you make a deal with some Democrats to keep the government afloat? What do you do? There is no world in which I would ever want to be Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) I think we can all agree on that. (laughs) I have no idea why he wanted that job so much. But, um, you know, I think he's done the best he can do with uh, just how divided his own caucus is. But, um, I I mean, I, I think at this point it's looking... Like, if he can't get all the Republicans on board, then you know, he might have to reach out to some Democrats. And if he does that, then uh, especially the, the Freedom Caucus folks, they may very well challenge uh, McCarthy's speakership. But who knows? I, I think he's a pretty pragmatic, pragmatic leader, and he'll do what he has to do to, to move this along. Let's say they do challenge him. Let's say they file a motion to vacate the chair and Matt Gates keeps saying he's going to do that. And the interesting thing, the, for good or for bad, it's, it's always the people at, at at the one end of the spectrum that hurt your party. Gates in the House with the Republicans, right. Manchin in the Senate with the Democrats. They're always the one that, that caused consternation within the caucus. Let's say Gates files a motion to vacate the chair. Do you think there's any chance that, that McCarthy is not the speaker in a few weeks? <laughs> oh, I, I think anything's possible at this point, but I mean, I don't know who the next clear later leader would be. I mean, would it be Gates? I, I don't. I don't really. Yes, I can't imagine a scenario where you you probably got ten people in in the the House Republican Caucus that want to be leader and could be leader, and none of them have Gates in their name. I'll say. No, I I don't think so. But it's it, it just is frustrating. Looking from the outside, uh, you know, to see someone like Gates, who's just really serving as an impediment to getting anything done. And um, I mean, he may pay lip service to you know, reducing spending and things, but uh, I think he's just creating more problems right now than um, offering solutions. So I, I'm not real impressed with how he's handled all this. Yeah, and I think I, the, I, don't. I know a lot of conservatives around here. They they want to criticize McCarthy. They're frustrated with McCarthy, but we. It, it's easy to understand. You've got what a four seat majority in Congress. Right. The Democrats right. control the Senate. The Democrats control the presidency, and you just beat them a few months ago on the debt ceiling negotiation. I feel like Kevin. You know, we we can't get everything we want because we keep losing elections. We want to win stuff. Well, Let's right. win a few elections. <laughs> Exactly. It's like these Freedom Caucus folks are are acting like Republicans hold a lot more control than they do. I I mean, it's just they have to do the best with what they have. And if they're going to keep infighting, then that just weakens them. And McCarthy is going to have to look to Democrats for some support where you can find it. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just a mess. And I, I think all the all those unnecessary battles detract from this very real problem facing all of us in this country, this $33 trillion 
in debt. I mean, it's it's going to really start affecting all of us here pretty soon. And I, I don't think people realize that. Yeah, the interest on the national debt is is starting to approach the spend the the spending on the military. Like it, it's becoming such exactly. a big part of our budget. And, exactly. and shoot, I'm sitting here watching Fox News while we talk, and I know that the national debt is not a sexy topic, but it seems more important than fans fighting at, at football games as, as far as something that we should be concerned about in the country. Uh, it sure does. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a topic that often gets buried, and I think that's a shame. I think it needs to be um, in the top headlines every day until people really start understanding why they should care and how it might impact them and, and their lives. Because, I mean, it's kind of hard to hear a number that's so big and I mean, it's just, it, it almost doesn't seem real, you know, and we keep hearing these numbers thrown around and it's kind of like, well, nothing bad has happened yet. You know, is it that big of a deal? But I think it is. It's like you said, I mean, we're on our way for these interest payments on the debt to be our biggest expenditure. And when that starts happening, there are going to have to be other cuts. So, um, I mean, that's just reality. I also I keep wondering, you know, as as how much does does this not become does it not sink into the public consciousness until America defaults on one of these? Like, what's it going to take before people start taking this seriously or more specifically, the Congress and the president start taking this seriously? Because at this point, not nobody and even and, and frankly, when the Republicans were in charge, they didn't do a good job of taking it seriously. It's just it concerns no, me. did not. Right. No, no one, um, <laughs> you know, it's one thing to talk about when you're campaigning to, you know, rate in federal spending. But then when you're actually the one there, you know, no one wants to be the guy that, you know, touches Social Security or Medicare benefits. And, and you know, those are the programs that are are really going to be costing us um you know, within 10 years, Social Security is insolvent. As soon as that happens, I mean, there's going to be automatic major cuts to those benefits. And I, I think that's something um, that maybe a lot of people don't understand. If we don't start making even small changes now, there's going to be more drastic ones. So I, I don't know if you've heard about this bipartisan fiscal commission that quite a few groups have been um, starting to talk about. There's a, a few congressmen who I think who have introduced the concept, but essentially just create a commission that the whole job would just be, you know, look at real ways to make a dent in the debt and kind of separate it from the day-to-day. Um, yeah, but didn't they do, making. they did a fiscal commission under Obama and, and the, the fiscal commission came up with a recommendation and then leadership in both the Republicans and Democrats were like, nah, this is bad for us. We're not going to do anything. <laughs> I mean, they, I feel like commissions, <laughs> It's always a panel or a commission or a blue ribbon task force, and they always make a recommendation and nothing happens. <laughs> well, my cynical side agrees with you, but <laughs> I'm not seeing much happening the way things are now either. So, um, yeah, I, I think maybe it, this is just going to have to get pushed to that breaking point where, you know, we're just spending way too much money on interest. Other programs are just automatically slashed and then maybe people will start to wake up and care and oh, our elected leaders will have to do something. I mean, but, that's my fear is that this does not become an issue until all of a sudden somebody, India, China, whoever it is, is like, yeah, we mm-hmm. want to be paid back or we just, mm-hmm. w- the economy just starts to sputter because 
we can't spend money on anything else because it's all going to the interest on the national debt. And everybody's like, well, my stuff's getting cut, not because we aren't spending less money, but because our interest payments have gotten so high, we have to cut right. from everywhere else in the budget. And and right. we're not that many years away from that happening. No, we're not. And, and, and if we keep piling on the debt at the rate we are now, it could happen you know, a lot sooner than um, you know we may think. So I think it, it's it's good to talk about it. I'm glad you wanted to talk about it. And uh, you know, I think citizens, voters really need to impress upon their lawmakers. This is something they're thinking about, they care about, and they want them to want them to address. Yeah, as you said, everybody loves to talk about it during campaigns. But as soon as you get to writing a budget, everybody seems to forget that, oh, it, it, this is something that matters. And, and they just keep signing and voting for bigger budgets from the year before. Exactly. I'm trying to get money in there they can bring back to their district. I mean, it always happens. And you're right. It's, this is not just a Democratic problem. Republicans have been really just as bad. But um, it, it definitely bugs me when I hear President Biden out there talking about how he's done more to reduce the deficit and the debt than you know anyone in recent history, and and that is just fundamentally not true. So uh, I mean, he's he's pointing to things that he had nothing to control, nothing to do with. COVID spending was going to drop off regardless. He had nothing to do with that, and then he beat. Uh, Congressional Budget Office pro- uh, projections of where the deficit was supposed to be, he just blew past those. So to say he lowered the deficit is just, it's a lie. Ingrid, if people want to follow along with uh, with the writing that you do, how do they follow you on social media? I am on Twitter um, at Ingrid underscore Jacks. All right. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Elijah. Appreciate it. All right, that was Ingrid Jacks talking about the national debt and Kevin McCarthy. You know, one thing we try to do on the show, I always say, this is life through a conservative lens. But I like to sometimes balance it out with a little bit of a relaxing conversation. So we're going to have Chris Russell coming up next. We're going to pick the scores from this weekend's football game because you know what? After all that talk about how important it is, we take a break from some important topics. Don't forget, 505, we're going to have Leslie Angleking join the show she is a, a, a person who, who's trying to help cannabis regulators across the country to do a better job. She's got concerns about what's going on in Missouri and the fact that Missouri is struggling to regulate the program. They're actually turning down free complimentary regulation practice training sessions. We're going to talk to her at 505, but coming up next, Chris Russell, our picks for the NFL games this weekend.